step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. I'd like to take a moment and have a real heart-to-heart with you. If you're able right now, place your hand over your heart. Can you feel it? That's your heartbeat telling you that you're alive. It's the same for a preborn baby. Their heart begins to form at conception, and at just three weeks, it's already beating. At five weeks, a baby's heartbeat can be heard on ultrasound. And that's why we've partnered with Preborn, because we need to help these precious babies. Every day, Preborn's networks of clinics rescue 200 babies from abortion. When a mother with an unplanned pregnancy meets her baby on ultrasound and hears their heartbeat, it's a divine encounter. That doubles a baby's chances at life. And by six weeks, the eyes are forming. By 10 weeks, a baby is able to suck his or her own thumb. And for just $28, you could be the difference between life or death of a child. All gifts are tax deductible, and I want you to donate. All you have to do is just dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250, keyword baby. You can also donate securely at preborn.com slash verdict. That's preborn.com slash verdict or pound 250 and say the keyword baby. Two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? Well, you could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. This new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable, so you can run big appliances like your fridge even longer. And best of all, the new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans already trust Patriot Power Generators. So go to the number four, patriots.com slash verdict to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included for free. Go right now to the number four, patriots.com slash verdict. We seem to be redefining everything these days. People just don't know what words mean. We don't know what a baby is. We certainly don't know what a woman is, and now we don't even know what a recession is. This is Verdict with Ted Cruz.
This episode of Verdict with Ted Cruz is sponsored by American Hartford Gold. If you're like me, then you are growing more and more concerned about the state of our country and about your own future. Inflation is at the highest rate that we've seen in 40 years, and interest rates are skyrocketing. In fact, market experts like Jamie Dimon, who is the CEO of JP Morgan, are not only predicting that we will face an economic recession, they're using phrases like economic hurricane and unprecedented. If you want to protect your future, then do what I did. Call the only precious metal dealers that I trust, American Hartford Gold. They can show you how to hedge your hard-earned savings against inflation by diversifying a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. All it takes to get started is a short phone call, and they'll have physical gold and silver shipped directly to your door or perhaps into your IRA or 401 Okay. And they make it easy. They're the highest rated firm in the business with an A plus rating from the Better Business Bureau and thousands of satisfied clients. And if you call them right now, they will give you up to $1,500 of free silver and a free safe on your first qualifying order. So don't wait. Call them now. Call 855-768-1883. That's 855-768-1883. Or if you prefer text messaging, you can text the word CACTUS to 65532. Again, the phone number is 855-768-1883, or you can send the word cactus via text message to 65532. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to Verdict with Ted Cruz. I'm Michael Knowles. I was watching the White House today. The director of the National Economic Council made the claim in anticipation of Thursday's economic numbers, which will show a recession, two consecutive quarters of economic falling down, GDP going down, that we are not in a recession because that is not the definition of a recession. Senator, I am no economist. I have not studied these things in a very long time. But last time I checked, that is literally the definition of a recession. Am I wrong? You're not wrong. That, that, that is the textbook definition of a recession. And, and this White House believes that if they redefine words, so instead of a recession, instead of the economy going to crap, if they define it as Joe Biden's happy-go-lucky time with things going great, that their compliant lapdogs in the corporate media will echo that message and say, the economy is booming. A recession is defined as two consecutive quarters of GDP growth going down. That's what it means. They really don't want the headline that we're in a recession going into the election because they recognize the voters are going to pound the heck out of Democrats and throw them out of office for putting us into a recession. So the, the, the level of, I mean, this, this is Obi-Wan Kenobi. These are not the droids we're looking for. The, 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 this is George Orwell, two plus two equals five. They just say, this is not a recession. Why? Because we say it's not a recession. Never mind. Words have no meaning. Ignore them. Everything's great. It wasn't just the director of the National Economic Council. It was also then Karine Jean-Pierre, the president's spokesman, the press secretary at the White House, who simply refused to answer the question. She was asked by a reporter, if, if you're not going to use the traditional definition of a recession because you don't want to admit that you've brought us into one, then how do you all define recession? She wouldn't even give an alternative explanation. Well, their answer is they define recession as anything that happens under a Republican president. 
and they def- de- define great economic success as anything that happens under a Democrat. And it's just, it's propaganda, like substance, truth, facts have nothing to do with it. And so actually this week, I, I'm introducing a, a resolution in the Senate. And the resolution is very simple. I'm going to read you the entirety of it because it's because it's only just over a page. Resolution. Expressing the sense of the Senate that the historic definition of a recession is two negative quarters of gross domestic product growth. Whereas, globally, the most commonly used and widely accepted definition of recession is two negative quarters of gross domestic product growth. Whereas most of the recessions in the United States identified by the National Bureau of Economic Research have consisted of two negative quarters of gross domestic product growth. And in each of the last 10 instances in which there have been two or more such quarters, a recession was officially declared 10 times in a row. Whereas the use of the historic definition of a recession by the federal government has been important for purposes of economic study and analysis, historical comparisons, and policymaking. Now, therefore, be it resolved that it is the sense of the Senate that the federal government should continue to use the historic definition of a recession. These guys are trying to define us out of a recession. We are, I think it's extremely likely we're about to enter a recession, and they're trying to play word games to get out of that problem. What is the motivation here for them, other than they don't want to admit that their economic policies are no good? But presumably, that's been true of other administrations in the past. And yet, this is the first administration we've seen that actually is denying the definition of the word recession. And it's not as though this is the first time we've seen the left use the redefinition of words to try to change the culture. Just last week, we were all arguing over the definition of marriage. Before that, we were arguing over the definition of what a woman is. Before that, we've been arguing over these politically correct changes to language for a very long time. So is that... Does, does this tactic from seemingly everybody at the White House speak to a larger, deeper problem that's, that's particular to our moment in time? Well, the, the, there's a cynicism. So, so Democrats believe that they can, it's propaganda. They're, you asked what's their motivation, it's propaganda. But the propaganda only works because the corporate media is compliant. So the corporate media will echo whatever absurd lies they say. And, and it is designed to obscure the truth from the American people. Look, I'll show you a couple of charts that are, that are pretty compelling. Uh, this chart, this is the University of Michigan Consumer Sentiment Index. And so it goes back all the way to 1978. You can see it's been down and up. It went up, 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 up. Um, you look that it went up here. All right, here's 2020. It is up around 100, and here's what the Consumer Sentiment Index does. It plummets. It goes straight down with, like, the vertical descent of a cliff down to, what is this, 50. So it went from 100 to 50. That is an ominous chart in terms of recession, consumer sentiment. I'll give you another chart that is really quite similar. So this is the NFIB, National Federation of Small Business Outlook for General Business Conditions. So they ask small businesses, what do you think business conditions are? And you can see going back to 74, it's gone up, down, up, down. It's been all over the place. But here in 2020, it was up here. What was it at? It was up at 40. 
And then it same exact like precipitous plummet. It is down now at negative 60. That ain't good. That means small businesses think the economy's in the crapper. That means consumers think the economy's in the crapper. And, and so the Biden politicos are saying, well, let's just define it. We don't want every headline in every newspaper in America to say the economy's in a recession because people think that's bad. So let's just magically claim recession no longer means what you think it means. It means, well, we don't know what it means, but it means anything other than what's happening right now because we really don't want the headline that this is a recession. Do you think this is fooling anybody? Because I'm still trying to wrap my head around how the Biden administration thinks that this is a workable solution in the long term. If we could all just deny our failures by changing the meaning of words, I'm sure we would all be tempted to do it. But the the problem with that is people aren't stupid. Most people aren't stupid most of the time. And so you, you point out that the establishment media are carrying water for the White House. Of course they are. But is that fooling anybody? You, you've got cynicism from the Biden administration, cynicism and loyalty to the Democrats from the media, but you're your small business owner, your regular old employee, your person on the street who realizes that his dollar is not going as far as it used to. We're headed into a midterm election in November. Are any of these people going to buy it no matter what definition the White House uses? So unfortunately, I think they will succeed in fooling some people because there are some people Mm -hmm. who are not necessarily paying all that close attention and who literally, given two worlds, one world in which every newspaper in America has the banner headline, America in a recession, and one world in which they don't have the headline, America in a recession, there's going to be a chunk and it's millions of people who won't realize America's in a recession. Like that, that actually, I think, will be somewhat successful political propaganda. Why? Because the media, the corporate media is dishonest. If you didn't have a dishonest corporate media, it wouldn't work. They'd laugh at them and call them out. But there are enough just just absolute prostitutes in the media who, who will lie and lie eagerly and happily and lay back and think of England. That, that is who they are. That is what they do. <laughs> And so I I do think it will have some effect, but at the same time, I think what is consequential for economic data is people feel in their lives. So inflation, you can have all the inflation numbers you want, but when you go and fill up your truck and it's 150 bucks, you don't need a chart to know that. When it's 100 bucks to fill up a minivan, you don't need a chart to know that. When you go to the grocery store and the cost of everything has gone up 10, 20, 30, 40%, you don't need a chart to know that. You're looking at the numbers going, wait a second, I, I can't afford the stuff I could afford last week. There are people that are making hard choices between what am I going to spend? If you're on a fixed income and the prices of everything have gone up, you're seeing it firsthand. The two charts I showed, Small businesses, the fact that their confidence has plummeted, they're seeing it. Consumers, their confidence has plummeted. So even though they won't have the headlines, they're seeing it every day in the economy. And I'm reminded of one of the classic things Reagan said. He said, a recession is when your neighbor loses his job. A depression is when you lose your job. And a recovery is when Jimmy Carter loses his job. 
I, I think that was a beautiful and brilliant point. And, and I think that is playing out right here today. If you're losing your job, if you're paying more at the gas pump, if you're paying more at the grocery store, if you're feeling the pain of the economic disaster that is the Biden administration, whether or not you read a headline that says we're in a recession, you know it ain't good. And it's, it's even more insidious than all of those inflation numbers that we're seeing because of something that we mentioned on this show several episodes back, but you're now seeing the fruit of it, because of shrinkflation, which is the other side of it. So prices are going up. Isn't that what George Costanza talked about when he got in a cold pool? <laughs> you think uh, a related concept, but a little a little bit different. So we were so th- the other night, sweet little Lisa and I were going to have fondue with our friends. Uh, I don't know. We felt like we were living in the 1970s or something. I went out to go buy cheese. I had to buy 24 ounces of cheese. I pick up the various blocks of cheese, and I noticed something a little weird. The amount of cheese in the block had gone down. I looked at the one block of cheese I bought. It was 5.9 ounces. Why was it five point? No recipe ever in the history of cheese has called for 5.9 ounces of cheese. Clearly, what the companies had done is shrunken the, the amount that they were giving you and they were either maintaining the price or the price was going up. There's a new report out of the Daily Mail analyzing a number of major brands to show that major cereal companies are reducing the amount of cereal in the box only by two and a half, three ounces, but that can be a 17% reduction in the amount of cereal in the box because there just isn't that much cereal in a box to begin with. Gatorade d- reducing to a to, to an unnoticeable until you really start to look for it degree, the amount of Gatorade in the bottle. You're seeing this with toilet tissue. You're seeing this with paper towels. You're seeing this with canned coffee. You're seeing this across the economy. So the, the actual inflation that, that we are all experiencing is even worse just than the number going up a little bit at, at, the, at the checkout line when you're in the grocery store. So I think you're beginning to see this reality reflected in Joe Biden's polls. Biden now, the majority of Democrats don't want him to run again for re-election. There was a poll out of New Hampshire where Pete Buttigieg actually did better among prospective Democrat voters than Joe Biden did. And by the way, speaking of insidious problems, you've got this problem now of mass migration, which is even starting to bother the Democrats in New York. New York Democrat Mayor Eric Adams just claimed that the illegal immigrants were being bused from your state, Senator, up to New York are creating a huge burden on on New Yorkers, which is kind of ironic because the New York Democrats always tout how wonderful illegal immigration is and how it's our great strength. Well, if it's a great strength for Texas and Arizona, why is it all of a sudden a burden when you Democrats have to deal with the problem in your state, I know you were just down there touring the border yourself, seeing it firsthand. So I was, let me say the point you just made a minute ago, I think is important, which is the last week we saw the mayor of New York City and the mayor of Washington, D.C., Eric Adams and Muriel Bowser, both publicly complain about the enormous burden illegal immigration is putting on D.C. and New York City. Now, for blue state, blue city Democrats to be whining about illegal immigration is rich with hypocrisy at a level that is, if they think it's bad, what do you think South Texas is experiencing? What do you think Laredo and McAllen and Eagle Pass and Del Rio are experiencing? And, and, and by the way, if they want to solve it, you know, both of them are enthusiastic supporters of Joe Biden and all the Democrats. It's the Democrats who have caused this. So you mentioned I just got back from the border. So two weeks ago, I took a trip to the southern border. I brought seven senators with me. 
I've been to the border a lot. Uh, in the 10 years I've been in the Senate, I've gone dozens of times down to the border. It is the worst right now that I have ever seen it. We got down there Thursday night. First thing we did is we went out on midnight patrol with the border patrol. Now, you go out on a midnight patrol, you might think, okay, you're going to go hunt for illegal aliens and see if you can find them. You don't hunt for them. Within minutes, yeah. you encounter them. You just go down to the border and you find them. And w we were there three, four minutes. First group we saw was three teenagers, two girls and a boy. They all said they were 16 or 17 years old. Now, I don't know if they're 16 or 17, because if, they're, if they say they're under 18, they definitely stay. If they're 18, there's a chance the law might be enforced against them. So every one of them claims to be under 18. Mm -hmm. The second group was a group of women and children, about a dozen people. In that group were two seven-year-old girls. We talked to them. Both of the seven-year-old girls were unaccompanied minors. So they didn't have a parent with them. They didn't have a family member with them. They weren't sisters. They weren't related to each other. So both of them were seven-year-old girls that their families had handed over to criminal drug cartels. They were with strangers in this group. I got to say, as the father of daughters, I, I cannot imagine handing us your seven-year-old daughter over to drug cartels. The Border Patrol, we were down on the border. They pointed us to a patch of grass that was a couple hundred yards away from where we were. They said a couple of weeks earlier, they had found two little girls, age five and six, both of whom had been violently raped by the coyotes. And the Border Patrol had to perform emergency medical care on these little girls that had been badly violated. The thing that is infuriating is this is happening literally every hour of every day. This was within five or 10 minutes of being down on the border. And then we encountered another group and another group and another group. It's a constant stream of humanity, of people being brutalized, people being abused, people being assaulted, people being sexually assaulted. The Democrats pitch their open border policies as humane and compassionate. It's not humane. It's not compassionate. It is horrific and indefensible. Do you think there is any hope of anything being done about it before we get a Republican in the White House? Uh, ordinarily, I would say, no, there's no hope the Democrats uh, want to, this to keep going because they think it gives them a political benefit. But when you see New York, when you see D.C., when you see liberal mayors complaining about this because red states, finally Greg Abbott down in Texas, are shipping some of the illegal aliens up yep. to those blue places so they can deal with it. Do you think there is any chance that that pressure from the Dems will encourage the Biden administration to in any way start enforcing the law? So I do think there's hope. And, and, and let, let me flesh out because it's important to understand how completely indefensible it is what's going on down on the southern border. Nobody who's there is defending it. Like if you see it, uh, we met with landowners, with ranchers and farmers. They showed us photograph after photograph of dead bodies they find on the ranches. They, they, they find pregnant women that the coyotes had abandoned in, in the hot desert, they die. They, they, they find elderly people, they find children just over and over again who die because these human traffickers, they are vicious inhumane criminals. They do not care about the people they're trafficking in. As you know, a few weeks ago, we had a tractor trailer just outside of San Antonio. 
53 people died in that tractor trailer. trailer. They died of heat exposure. They were basically cooked in an oven. That included children as young as 13 years old. You want to talk about mass murders, 53 people killed. Last year, we had over 100,000 drug overdoses from fentanyl. The Biden body bags keep piling up because these are the, the human cost and tragedy. And, you know, there's a reason Joe Biden has not been to the border once. There's a reason Kamala Harris, who's ostensibly the border czar for Biden, has not been to the Rio Grande Valley once. Because if they came, the TV cameras have followed. And you cannot defend what's happening. Their only hope, and it actually goes back to the recession. It's the, the point we were making before about mm -hmm. redefining recession. They're counting on the corrupt corporate media lying and just ignoring it. So if you watch CNN, if you're one of the six people on planet Earth who watches, watches CNN, you have no idea there's a border crisis because they don't cover it. Mm -hmm. CNN had, you know, I watched the other day, I got a haircut in the barbershop there playing CNN, um, which I was kind of irritated about. But I watched for 30 minutes, they talked about how it's really hot. It's hot in New York City and people are going out and they're dancing in fountains because it's really hot. And I'm like, okay, fine. I get it. It's summertime. It's hot. But could you possibly cover the humanitarian crisis that is unfolding on our southern border? So, Michael, I stood at midnight on the northern bank of the Rio Grande. And on the ground, you saw hundreds of colored wristbands. The wristbands are worn by the illegal immigrants. So every illegal immigrant who comes to America must pay the Mexican drug cartels. They pay them anywhere, typically from $3,000 to $12,000. Some of the immigrants from China in particular pay as much as fifty dollars to $70,000. The only way you cross is to pay a cartel. If you try to cross on your own, if you get on a raft and swim, the cartels will kill you. Like there is 100% operational control on the southern border on the south from the cartels. So when people cross the armbands they're wearing, the color corresponds to how many thousands of dollars they owe the cartels. So depending on how many thousands of dollars they owe, because many of these people don't have three, four, five, ten, twelve thousand dollars $12,000. So they come in and they're in hock five, six, seven thousand dollars $7,000. So what happens when they get here? The Border Patrol doesn't catch them. It's not a chase. It's not an apprehension. They come and affirmatively look for the Border Patrol. They come and turn themselves in. Mm. The Biden administration has actually put arrows like from the riverbank up to where the Border Patrol is to guide the, guide the people. It's just a steady stream of people. They come carrying a plastic baggie. Within the baggie, they have a, a typically a card with, with a name of somebody in the United States, a phone number, and an address. And Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are the last mile of the human trafficking network. Now, you might think if you don't live in, in Texas or Arizona, you don't live in a border state, you might think, well, this is bad, but it's not my problem. Well, you know what? You do live in a border straight state. Michael, you live in Nashville. Nashville is not on our southern border. Every city in America... Joe Biden is flying illegal immigrants to those cities. So you have, hmm. have them in Nashville. And the teenage boys arrive, and most of them owe the cartel still thousands of dollars. They have to pay it back because if they don't pay it back, the cartels will murder their families. 
And so in Nashville, Tennessee, you have teenage boys who are illegal immigrants who are paying back the thousands of dollars they owe the cartels by working for Mexican drug cartels. So you have criminals who are being, and, and these are cr involuntary criminals. They came seeking freedom, but now they're in hock to a drug cartel, and so they got to work off their debt. And I got to tell you, as bad as it is for the boys, the girls have it much, yeah. much worse. The girls, there are thousands upon thousands of teenage girls who end up getting trapped in sex slavery, where they owe thousands of dollars to the cartels. Cartels said, great, we'll help you pay it off. We'll put you in a brothel. And the brothels are run like modern day plantations. So they keep a ledger and they charge the girls in the brothels for everything. They charge them for food, for room, for board. They charge them for air conditioning. They charge them for their sheets. They charge them. I'm told the going rate to cut off an ankle bracelet, if you had an ankle monitoring bracelet, is $30. So they keep a ledger and it's like the old plantations where the debt keeps piling up. And then they work in the right. brothel to try to pay the debt off and they're trapped. And if you think for a minute, let's say you're a Honduran 15-year-old girl and you look north and you, you dream of freedom. You want to be in America. You want to be free. And six months later, you're trapped in sex slavery in hell. That's why Biden and the Democrats don't want to defend this because when you talk about those facts, look, those colored wristbands are like the leg irons of modern day slavery. This is the slave trade. These cartels are slave traders and Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are facilitating today's narco slavery. It is horrific. It is evil. It is wrong. And, and, and your question is, can we do anything about it? Here's one thing we can do about it. Win in November, win a huge margin in November. I think we're going to turn South Texas red because the people in South Texas are seeing this and they're horrified. And then I think one of the very first priorities of the new Republican Congress should be to impeach Alejandro Mayorkas, who is the Secretary of Homeland Security. Mm -hmm. He is responsible for this debacle. He, he, I, I recently saw a video of him at the Aspen Security Conference where he was asked, Is the border secure? And like the whole crowd of leftists sipping Chardonnay, they all laughed. Oh, that's so funny. Ha, 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 ha. You know, I'm sorry. I don't think little girls being raped on our southern border is funny, you jackasses. Like, like, like it, it is infuriating to watch these liberals laugh. And he says the border is secure. It's a flat out lie. The reason I believe the House should impeach Mayorkas early next year is the Senate should conduct an impeachment trial. And it should be a detailed, extensive impeachment trial. We need to put the evidence of the horrors of the southern border before the American people because the corporate media doesn't want people to know. And I think we have a responsibility. Now, look, do I think Senate Democrats are going to vote to convict? No, I think they're political cowards. But I think laying out the facts before the American people in a trial early next year is incredibly important. Do you think that the House can do it? Uh, politically, yes. I suppose they can do it if, if they get the numbers. But does what Mayorkas has done or failed to do meet the legal threshold to impeach him? I, I, I think not only can they do it, I think they will do it. Uh, and, and it's, mm. 
Listen, I, I've been, when I was on this border trip, I publicly called in the House to impeach Mayorkas. Um, I think the momentum is growing for that. I think the pressure will be there. I will be surprised if they don't impeach Mayorkas. They, they may well impeach Biden as well. And we've talked about that before on the, on the podcast. But Mayorkas is as close to a no-brainer. He'll be the first. And, and, and he'll be the first because it is such an abject dereliction of duty. It is a refusal to follow the law. It is a refusal. It, it is an open scoffing at the national security of the United States. It is endangering Americans. I think the House will impeach him. And I think the trial, I hope, will be an incredibly important, even as corrupt as the media is, I think that the impeachment trial will be very difficult for the media to ignore. I know a great impeachment trial podcast that can just relocate to D.C. for it. I think it'll be a lot of fun. Speaking of this red wave that a lot of people are anticipating, Senator, I have to confess, I've had a little bit of FOMO the past week because I was very excited. I was invited to go to the Young America's Foundation Conference, their big annual conference, and I was invited to go to the TPUSA annual conference. And these are two really big, really exciting gatherings of young conservatives. And I go pretty much every year, every, certainly every year I can go. And this year, I've been waiting on another young American, my own second son, young American, who is not, as of recording this, has not yet come out of Mama Knowles, so we're just waiting here. You, however, got to go to both of those conferences and a whole bunch of other places as well. Well, that's right, and and, and let me say, first of all, I'm really excited to welcome the, the youngest American, and the instant he is born, <laughs> he will be the youngest American alive. Now, someone will pass mm -hmm. him very shortly thereafter, but there will be a brief instant where <laughs> your son is the youngest American on the entire planet. So that's really cool. Mm -hmm. Um yeah. And 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 I am praying that that, that he gets his mother's good looks. Um, yes, luckily our first child did, so we're hoping number two lucks out as well. Otherwise, he's going to have to, I don't know, become a conservative podcast host someday. Hey, that that that's a booming career. Uh, so 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 you know he he can aspire to be a conservative <laughs> podcaster. I I will say it's interesting. So so you and I are in a very very small and select group that that go each year to both Turning Point USA and the Young America's Foundation. Now they're both fantastic groups. I I think the world of both of them. Uh, they both focus on young people and college kids, but they get a different crowd. The the Turning Point crew is rowdier. They're, they're a little raunchier. They're, they're a fun crowd. The, the, the YAF crowd is, is, is probably a more cerebral and academic crowd. Um, they're a little more buttoned up. More but, bow ties. Um, you get more bow ties at YAF. But yeah. they're both awesome. And I got to say, almost yeah. nobody goes to both. They tend to have, like, if you look at the speaker list, YAF has one group, Turning Point has another, and there's almost zero overlap. And, and you and I are in the incredibly small intersection of the Venn diagram that is at both. And, and I've done both of them in the last few days. And I got to say the energy and enthusiasm, I think there are a bunch of young people. Uh, by the way, thousands of the people at both conferences are subscribers to, to Verdict and, and a bunch of them are new subscribers. So let me say welcome to the Turning Point new subscribers. Welcome to the YAF new subscribers. But but it is encouraging to see young people who love liberty, 
and are fed up with the insanity we're seeing. And, and I think that is a really, really good sign. It is. And, and you've been traveling to other places as well. Last I checked, every time, you know, we text or we do a podcast, you seem to be in a new place because obviously the midterm elections are coming up. You're going around, you're helping some other conservative candidates rallying the troops. And I, I think what's especially helpful, at least from my understanding of things, is getting a sense of where the American people are at right now heading into November. So, so to give you a sense, the last week or so, I've been in Texas, D.C., Georgia, Florida, Missouri, Texas, D.C., and that's in, I guess, nine days. Um, it, it has been a lot of time on a lot of airplanes, but between now and Election Day, I'm going to be on the road nonstop. I'm going to spend most of August, most of October on the road campaigning for Senate candidates, for House candidates. We have an historic opportunity. And, and you know, I'm not on the ballot this year, which is a nice thing about a six-year Senate term. So I don't have to worry about my reelection this year. So I'm devoting all my time to helping other people, to going and doing rallies for other candidates. And, and so um, in Georgia, I spoke at a, a gathering of Alliance Defending Freedom, which does incredible work defending religious liberty. It's a group I've long supported in, in Florida. I was at Turning Point. I was supposed to go to the ADF conference as well. You're just giving me even more FOMO. I forgot I was supposed to go to that one and, and baby shut that one down too. You, Senator, you're having all the fun this summer. It, it, it was phenomenal. And, uh, but, you know, every one of the gatherings was the worse off because we will, we were Knowles free, which is a terrible condition to be in. <laughs> naturally, naturally. But then all of these other places, Missouri, all around the country. And so I, I hope and I take it that these visits are making you feel more encouraged about November. So Missouri, I was campaigning for Eric Schmidt. Eric Schmidt is running for uh, senator in Missouri. He is the sitting attorney general. Eric is a friend. He's a strong conservative. I think he's by far the best candidate in the race. So I did three rallies, started off in the St. Louis area, then went to Kansas City, and then ended in Springfield. So did a morning rally, an afternoon rally, an evening rally. And by the way, Eric decided to work me. So I did three fundraisers in addition to three rallies. So raised him a bunch of wow. money and did big rallies, had huge crowds. And, and I got to say, I think Eric's going to win. The, the election is next week. Um, I, he is leading the primary. I think we're seeing conservatives uniting behind his campaign. And I think if and when Eric wins, I think he will basically take Missouri off the game board that I don't even think the Democrats will contest Missouri because he's a strong enough candidate, but, but that they don't think they can beat him. And, and so it was uh, uh, in Springfield. I also campaigned for Eric Burleson, who's running for the House, who's a strong conservative, was a great guy. He was at the rally as well. So I will say it was a little complicated to do a rally for Eric Schmidt and Eric Burleson, and you had to be like Eric one and Eric two. Uh, that, that that was mildly complicated, but but I was encouraged. The energy, every single rally we did was standing room only, like packed houses, and people energized. And 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 I think I've said more than once I want to nominate Joseph Robinette Biden to be Republican of the Year. <laughs> because he will have elected more Republicans than any human being who's ever lived. 
the, will someone get him a trophy? You're actually, I can't believe this is, st- every time you mention one of these things, I'm reminded, I also was supposed to go out to Eric Burleson's event, who is, he's a great guy. But, you know, it's going to be okay, even though I missed all of the fun, extremely enthusiastic conservative events this summer, we will have some very fun live events coming up this fall. You mentioned YAF. We have gone on the road with YAF, the Verdict Live Tour, before. We're planning to do it again this fall. We're going to have some more information about that coming up. But it's it, that's always fun because we love talking to the conservative students. In some ways, you get even more of a kick out of talking to the wild left-wing students. And uh, we plan to be doing all of that come the fall, especially as we look ahead to the midterm elections. But that's for then. This right now, we've got to take a break. Uh, I've got to take a break. You, Senator, are going to stay on and talk with our friend Liz Wheeler. Isn't that right, Liz? Hi, Michael. Hi, Senator. Actually, before we talk about the topic, I just want to announce this is the first episode of The Cloakroom that we're doing in person. In fact, you can see I'm sitting right here in the verdict chair. So please join us. We're going to have a great time. Our topic tonight is what Republicans can do once we retake the House and retake the Senate and retake the presidency, what Republicans can do to actually combat the deep state, which is, of course, another name for the administrative state. The deep state is waging an open war on Republicans, particularly Republican presidents. So what are the legal remedies to this? Join us at verdictwithtedcruz.com slash plus. If you use my promo code, which is cloakroom, you can get your first month free on an annual subscription Verdict with tedcruz.com slash plus. I very much look forward to that cloakroom episode. But in the meantime, that's enough for me. I'm Michael Knowles. This is Verdict with Ted Cruz. This episode of Verdict with Ted Cruz is being brought to you by Jobs, Freedom, and Security Pack, a political action committee dedicated to supporting conservative causes, organizations, and candidates across the country. In 2022, Jobs, Freedom, and Security Pack plans to donate to conservative candidates running for Congress and help the Republican Party across the nation. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hollywood is under siege from an external force. The same Hollywood that sold the American dream is now making nightmares a reality. Many major films make choices to appease the Chinese Communist Party to be distributed in China. Join Tiffany Meyer, an investigative reporter in Hollywood Takeover, brought to you by the Epic Times where she reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free at hollywoodtakeover.com slash Ben. hollywoodtakeover.com slash Ben. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. 
And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart.